has an innate ability to find loose food. <laughs> which is also one of Luke's powers. Get out of my head. <laughs> podcast where adam and luke join forces to create characters and stories to populate megaton city an imaginary world where superpowered heroes dare to face twisted forces of evil in an effort to keep humanity weird we find adam and luke munching on donuts in the mega hq pondering what might become their newest mega characters it's time for the name storm. The first idea for your consideration is Brozo the Clown. It'd be a clown, but super bro like yes. he, like he's he just wears it like he has a big backwards baseball cap yes like a big clownish <laughs> he i think like has uh he's a he's a college student he's like a right. like an eighth year college student um has and he's awful with kids <laughs> yes he wears sleeveless shirts all the time but the <laughs> the the cutoffs have like the the clown the clown frill on the, right. on the shoulders. The hippie mystique. Just a regular hippie. Just a regular like middle aged dude that's like got the horseshoe bald and a ponytail oh, and yes, just like a full on hippie, but who that's the ultimate disguise. Like that's part of the. That like because they do because they do all these things you know they like kind of like a like a like a rogue special agent like they yes kind of a Jason Bourne I think what it is is a it's a it's a hippie who worked for like a spy agency sure and maintained this hippie persona as a part of uh fitting in with just like the day to day maybe they live somewhere <laughs> like they live in like Southern California or something and they just like a he took us took an assignment and to go undercover like had to become even more like had to really go deep into the hippie culture and then realized I really like this culture like yeah, this is yeah. I I I want to stay I want to be this guy for the rest of my life but I also happen to be really good at espionage the elementary teacher so that's like a that's a teacher who teaches you the art of what processing the world through yelling pro like communication through chaos communication through <gasps> through um and not like not antagonistic chaos but like it, knowing that the world is itself kind of abstractly chaotic if you're right. not aware of what's happening that you can approach it in like a certain way and and be able to through um not necessarily a louder voice but just through a uh, I don't know, like a, it's almost like a martial art. I imagine it being like a kind of a martial <laughs> art of, of vocal training. Right. Um, so it's not like you're just antagonizing the people that you're trying to talk to or trying to communicate with. It's just trying to like weave in and out of the, the already existing chaos to get your point across. 
because the world has become more argumentative, like it starts to become more and more popular over time. Like that in the last five or six years or something, this person has gained a bit of a cult following. There's, there is, uh, there is a very obvious political parallel that could be drawn here, but yeah, we need some elementary teachers out there. Yeah. I feel like it's maybe like a woman who worked with parrots who was like a trainer or something. Um, And then in the process of becoming mega or something becomes like a a sword expert, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe, maybe she like, maybe she was part of some sort of uh, Renaissance festival style parrot, a parrot, no pirate um, reenactment society. Yes. So it's basically just a pirate that makes loud sounds. That just, just boom, the sound effects. Squish, yeah. Yes. Pop. That's the only way that. Lots of R's too. R. The Automata pirate, I feel like, would be like a like an English teacher gone awry. Right. Like, it made me <laughs> like lost it. Yes. During Obsessed. The of an like lesson. In the middle of a figurative language. Uh, seminar just like completely loses loses his crap and just starts yeah. making sound effect noises. What a colorful list of unlikely heroes! After very little deliberation, a brief argument about the merits of Bavarian cream, and a few shots of chocolate milk, one hero moves on to. The brainstorm. What if instead of Parrot Blade, it's that all everything's the same. She still works as a reenact as like at like a parrot thing, and she has like and she's uh, uh, so went to school for avianology. <laughs> <laughs> what the study of birds? <laughs> avianology. That's it. <laughs> Sure, that's right. But but that instead she's a great she has a, from childhood she's had a great love of pigeons. Okay. And that that she grew up in a big city near and there were always pigeons and that and that it's a low budget pirate operation that instead of having parrots cuz parrots are expensive, they right. just they just have pigeons with parrot outfits. <laughs> So she's yes. So she's so not only does she not like working as a reenact as like a pirate as a fake pirate, but she doesn't even like. It's not even. They're not even parrots. They're pigeons, and she hates. She's not even into parrots. She's into pigeons. So, so do you think she? Do you think she was involved in this decision to bring in the pigeon parrots? She's like, hey, like like there there was the like the thing that was going to. Um, maybe make or break this reenactment guild was their their lack of parrots, and she like maybe maybe she's maybe she like this is a job that she's she doesn't Do you think like. She pitched this, but then like regretted it later. Yeah, yeah. Like like every decision we make as adults. <laughs> I so I picture that she was like a struggling pigeon trainer slash ologist slash whatever uh enthusiast S- mm-hmm. slash slash ology is 
actually that's another field of study entirely that's the that's the study of awesome guitar players from the 1980s <laughs> so she loves the pigeons and that she has this business where it's like i'll provide pigeons for your kids party so that they can like learn about pigeons and i'll come do a pigeon demonstration but like nobody wants it because that's a really kind of bizarre um and so she has all these she has like 20 pigeons in her apartment she's the crazy pigeon lady and she but then she sees an ad for they're just looking for any sort of bird that could be trained and dressed like parrots um, and she's like, I'm, I'm in, I'm going to do this for sure. And so she yes. does it, but then, yeah, she hates it so much. Like, did she make all the costumes for the pigeons? Like all the parrot costumes? <laughs> no, maybe they, maybe there was like a, a line of other birds that they tried first. So the, they had pigeon costumes, but they're like, they're a little bit ratty because they had like hawks. And then that turned out to be a really bad idea. One of the pirate, uh, actors, actually lost an eye after the hawk incident so has an actual yeah. patch yeah he tried uh iguanas rabbits really any like small animal that anything that would fit in the parrot costume yeah giant potatoes that <laughs> <laughs> that that was the safest attempt at creating yeah. a, a parrot <laughs> But they still had a hard time. They had to really strap the potatoes to their shoulder. And a potato the size of a parrot is a heavy <laughs> potato. Also, by the way, that was Luke's nickname in high school. Heavy potato. <laughs> <laughs> What's important is that she actually thinks coexisting with especially pigeons, but urban animals in general is like an important like. So she also like leads up the pigeon society of the city right. or something. The, yeah. Whatever the the pigeon lovers guild. Um, she's, she's in the pirate guild. She's in the pigeon lovers <laughs> guild. She's in the Gilbert and Sullivan guild. She's in all the guilds. So that's sort of her, like, that's why she studied pigeons. And that's why she thought this job would be a good idea because she thought that would give her access to like a broader audience of people. Right. Because nobody's going looking for information about pigeons, but if they come through, but then it turns out that everybody just, um, either mis thinks that they actually are parrots because it turns out people are easier to deceive than you think. Sure. There was a whole set of people who thought the potatoes were really pirates. <laughs> Just pirates? They thought the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that eventually the guys got tired of carrying the potatoes around on their shoulders. So they said, all right, screw this. Get even bigger potatoes. Dress the potato up as a pirate and I'll stand on the potato. <laughs> <laughs> they did that for a day, and the guy dressed as the parrot, but just on his hand because he couldn't fit in the parrot costume. <laughs> anyway, it was not a good day at the pirate reenactment. And yeah, and maybe part of her whole philosophy and ideology is that pigeons are are for all of the like ridicule and general and you know insults and things we throw at pigeons that they're one of the smartest breeds of animal because they figured out a long time ago that you could just live around people and eat their food and it would be great right but then the pigeons didn't anticipate our diet taking such an ugly turn this is another nutritional related <laughs> another nutrition related hero apparently in the making um but the but yeah, 
Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, and I and I don't know that it's necessarily a heavy focus on the nutrition, but it's it no. is, but as but like you said, like having a decent relationship with urban animals, like we've already everything is so displaced anyway to like see animals that are that are reacting to our presence in such a like obsessively unhealthy way would would cause someone with with any kind of love like an especial amount of love for that animal right. to to react differently. And maybe she grew up in an in an apartment in the city where like pigeons would come onto the sure. windowsill or something so she's had like a she has a kind of kinship with the pigeons. Do you think she she coos a lot to the pigeons like as if she can talk to them? I think that maybe she just talks to them and believes that they can understand enough mm-hmm. of her language and she pays attention and listens enough to not only their cooing but their body language and stuff that she feels like she can but that she it's not like a Dr. Doolittle situation where she like actually can communicate with them but she just has a good understanding of them and feels like they are smarter than we give them credit for and then if you spend enough time with them and speak to them that they can understand it excellent so again crazy pigeon lady people she gets Anyway, this is all to say, like anyone with an especially strong interest in one topic, she faces a fair bit of ridicule all throughout her life for this pigeon interest. So she has this job and she sort of hates it. But like she she consoles herself with especially when there are groups of like school age kids that come through to see the like pirate ship and stuff Mm -hmm. that she does that she'll like. There's usually one kid that's interested in the birds and she can be like, they're actually pigeons and talk to him about. So that she tries to like usually finds that one like, uh, you know, keener animal kid that's really into the, the, the birds. And then she can like pull them aside and talk to them. But mostly she just gets made fun of by kids and adults alike. It's obvious that they're pigeons. I mean, a pigeon is doesn't look anything like right. a parrot. It's not even shaped like a parrot. Yeah. Like it's. I mean, there are there are creatures that aren't even birds that are closer to being shaped like a parrot than a pigeon is to being shaped like a <laughs> parrot. I think that's part of what makes it funny to me. It's like they're just wearing this saggy parrot costume, like on their pigeon frame, and like otherwise they're just pigeons, like you know, eating bread off the ground and stuff. <laughs> and that's what this place is like. It's like people are really into the sort of. Like they're the the service staff are rude to people who come as part of the like shtick of the place because it's yeah. it's like piratey and yeah. everybody it's you know it's like lawless. it's like the trashy talk like trashy afternoon talk show of uh of amusement park slash renaissance festival like, exactly fairs. Yeah, it celebrates all the worst parts of of pirate culture in a <laughs> in a family friendly environment. <laughs> What do you think this character's job is then at this terrible pirate theme park? Well, I think she does. She manages all of the pigeons because they're okay. her pigeons. She provides the pigeons and manages the pigeons. But then she's also part of the main show that diner that guests get, which involves the pigeons doing some tricks or something, flying around and like saying some things to the guests. But of course, pigeons don't talk, so the pigeons just coo. So, and they've <laughs> and so just the like guests feel kind of shortchanged. And they, well, and they have like pre-recorded, they have like pre-recorded dialogue for the pigeons, the quote parrots on little and, voice boxes that are like strapped to them. And and it, but it's like they don't even they didn't even go to the trouble of making it sound like parrot speak. It's it's just like straight up just a human just going just some just some guy. I'm flying above your head, and it doesn't even sound like a parrot. 
It's not even that. It's like bad marketing speech. It's the last thing that happens is these pigeons all fly out and land on people's shoulders and go and say, come back to Pirate Pete's or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but it's, only it's actually Pirate Pete's, which is like, Bagak, come back to Pirate Pete's. Bring your friends. Bagak. Yes. <laughs> you know, one particularly um, like stormy day. Um, so they, they go out into the like bay and just like do a circle around and come back and that's their show and so sometimes on bad weather days they don't go out but this is sure. a kind of a like a bad day but it's not that bad we're and gonna, so they're gonna go out we're gonna test it we're gonna we're gonna push yeah the well because they have this school that's there that's paid and so they're greedy mm -hmm. so they're like all right well we're not gonna give them their money back so um so so this class shows up i think it's an like a, a class an english class that's specifically studying like the the vernacular um like a like, like specific sets like cultural vernacular yeah, different and, groups. Like, and so so <coughs> the teacher really into teaching english and so for this whatever this lesson she wants to take them into the pirate thing and they talk about pirates and the different and like words that came out of the pirate even uh, though vernacular. even though this is like the worst pirate place to to learn that kind of language she's no idea she's never gone before she just saw it advertised they have these ads that are beautiful ads with like that they've just like photoshopped a pirate out of like a, the pirates of the caribbean ride <laughs> or something like a photo of a really good like and it's got a real parrot and it says like and pete's famous talking parrots or something like they even add they even emphasize the parrots um that are actually pigeons and and so so she gets there with her class and it's kind of a stormy day and even she's like or should we be doing this? And they're like, yeah, 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 it's fine. Just come on, get on the get on the scary rickety pirate ship. So what if the whatever corporation that runs this place has like because it was cheap to set it up next to uh like an industrial waste <laughs> dump? They they use this land so like the water like the waste is getting dumped into this water and they just use that as like like all the steam and stuff that comes off of the water and all the weird colors and everything they just, they just use like the that. special effects yeah. that made for the show ah it's the smoking lagoon <laughs> <laughs> wait a minute one of the teachers says lagoons don't lagoons are not supposed to smoke oh here's your here's your free pirate hot dog enjoy the hey, rest of your the water's bubbling over here. But yeah, like so like everything is just caustic and very volatile and they it's already dangerous, but none of the actors really care because they're just getting paid, except for this our character. Young like actors who are yeah. out of work, so they're just happy to be in a job, but they hate it also. I I was thinking that one of the kids would be sort of thrown overboard or something and okay. they would have to save it, but I don't I don't know. Maybe like there's like a toxic zone, like the like the toxicity of the water only goes like kind of so far. And this kid gets thrown out like out. Well, this is getting really convoluted. Maybe what happens is a couple of these kids decide to climb like the mast of the pirate ship or something. The storm comes up and the ship's like like tossed to and fro. And all of a sudden, everybody's really scared because they realize they're <laughs> in this awful, hideous, 
you know, sewage pudding water that, 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 that is definitely not something you want to fall into. They, they try to get all the kids in and then they realize two these couple of kids are like up in the, in the like masts, like freaked out and, and can't get down. So our teacher and parrot blade or whatever her name is, this parrot yeah. trainer, pigeon trainer, they have to like scale this, uh, rigging to get them down and with the help of the of the pigeons um, who fly up to like yeah. calm them down, so they fly up and are like, coo, coo, coo. <laughs> maybe it's like in the pro. So they get the kids, they get the kids down, and then in the process of coming down, they're thrown overboard. Yeah. Yep, like just at the uh, last minute, dramatic yeah. wave or. And the pigeons quickly come to their rescue, bringing like a life preserver and ropes. And drag them back on board. So the pigeons save them. Maybe, maybe there's one particular pigeon that's like, like Pidgey, Pidgey, her sidekick, Pidgey the pigeon. <laughs> Pidgey. She's, she's she's really not good with names. No, not at all. <laughs> so she basically gets the ability to fly and also. Um, she has like the eye of the pigeon, which <laughs> so she can fly, but she has this eye of the pigeon, which is, means that she can just see. She has an incredible vision for seeing human activity from the air. Like she has oh, yeah. a very she can from very far away. It's not just that she can see, but she can really understand what's unfolding below in a city in an urban environment, especially. Yeah. She like also that. part of that is has an innate ability to find loose food. She's <laughs> also one of Luke's powers. Get out of my head. <laughs> she has the eye of the parrot and the eye of the pirate. So she wears a patch, <laughs> but it's it's actually get it's the patch is gives her the power to navigate. Like she has she can she she's able to navigate all over the world um using the eye of the pirate. She has a but, parrot. And so her other eye is like a parrot's eye. Like Oh so yes. One eye is a parrot eye and one eye is a patch and that is her pirate eye and the pirate <laughs> eye has like a little like mechanical eyeball or something on was, it that like man <laughs> mechanical eyeball would be a good band name good evening boston we are mechanical eyeball so she doesn't even she doesn't have to take this patch off it's just it stays down and she has the ability <laughs> to navigate which yeah. is utterly ridiculous <laughs> nobody believes her it takes her a long time to gain the trust of her her, her hero friends one of the other things that happens in this whole going underwater and all of the sludge and everything, tell me if this is too weird. <laughs> her, her hand has, has, or her arm, everything has fused, has like chemically and genetically fused with one of the prop swords that, that had been used during the show. But the thing is, they were su this was such a seedy show they didn't use actual prop swords like there were some actual like metal swords thrown in so she's got this metal this like really gnarly looking right. metal pirate sword sword like attached to one arm 
I like that a lot. So she, it's sort of like a Captain Hook situation, only yes. it's you know, or like a peg leg situation. But instead of that, she has a a pirate sword on one arm. Now they're basically like one. They can communicate without being in the same place. And Pidgey is now the fastest, strongest pigeon around. This big muscular, like a basically a. a Comic book superheroized pigeon. So just me. Has, has Pidgey gained any kind of like human characteristics, or or it's just gotten bigger? Uh, speaks four languages. <laughs> Do you think the ship gained any special abilities by being in the sludgy water? I think that that maybe the boat they didn't know, but. That the boat, yeah, the, because they were in this sludgy water, the boat can also fly. They discover, <laughs> yes, yeah, and also walk on land. So it has it has four human-like legs, one at each corner. And when they go up to, they drive, they float, they drive, they drive on the water up to the land, and then they just walk out like a hippopotamus. And it's just like, like, is it like big? Like big funky human feet, like just bloom, 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 or yep. is it? They can run at about the speed of a human. <laughs> just sort of gallop, well, but it's two, not very it's sort of bouncy. Two, two humans. Well, right, but two humans can't run any faster than one human. <laughs> and now the mega origin. Urban wildlife activist and pigeon trainer Maggie Winger had high hopes for her troop of talented pigeons, despite years of ridicule from her animal science peers. Many of her weekends were spent at the park, where she displayed her impressive pigeons for crowds at no cost. When a local hot dog vendors union submitted a formal complaint to the city, Molly was forced to take her avian act elsewhere. In her desperation, Molly accepted a job at Pirate Pete's Plunderous Poop Deck, a struggling pirate reenactment theme park that rented land from a nearby toxic waste redistribution plant. Molly auditioned and was hired on the spot to dress her pigeons as parrots and join the show. All seemed well until one stormy day when an elementary school English class arrived at the poop deck. Ignoring severe storm warnings and the ominous clouds swirling overhead, Pirate Pete's proprietor, Pete the Pillager, insisted all was great and sent the ship out on its scheduled tour of the bay. As they sailed into the smoking lagoon, the sky opened with a flash of lightning, sending students and crew running for cover. Molly heard a scream and saw that one child had climbed the ship's mast and was barely hanging on. Molly scaled the mast, reaching the dangling kid just in time. And with the help of her most loyal pigeon friend, Pidgey, they lowered him to safety. But just then, a huge wave rocked the ship nearly onto its side, sending Molly splashing into the toxic water. 
acting with great speed and acuity, Pidgey grabbed some rope and dove into the bubbling abyss, dragging her back to safety. As Molly coughed up the last of the thick, toxic sludge, she felt everything change. Her costume eye patch sprouted a mechanical eyeball, and the rusty pirate sword she carried was fused with her arm. She vowed to use her new abilities to protect all creatures who were ridiculed or abused. With a yo-ho-ho and a bag of breadcrumbs, she took to sky and sea, and the world knew her as Pigeon Blade. As well as her pigeons, pirates, pigeon parrots, pigeon pirates, pigeon parrots, pigeon parrot, pirate, pirate, pigeon parrot, parrot, pirate, pigeon, parrot, pirate, pigeon. <laughs> the humans? Something. What? Who? <laughs> um, that she, that the pigeon parrot. Like the other actors? Hang on a second. Now I am confused. No, the. <laughs> <laughs>